Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Monday, November 20th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Jordan's ambassador to the U.S. said that her country is calling for a ceasefire in the war between Israel and Hamas because her country's leaders believe the conflict will fuel radicalism as if it's not doing that already <laughs> i'd love to ask this person how they think the uh oh you know 1400 people ended up dead in israel mm-hmm. well, how did how did that happen it, that's not radicalism no huh? no okay not. so uh bernie sanders he put a call to make israel aid conditional on its actions in gaza of course this is creating tensions and putting a wedge right in the middle of the democrat party here in the united States. I struggle with this, Casey, because there are one of our jobs is to judge where society's interest is on something and then craft our show around that. Mm-hmm. And every radio broadcaster, every talk radio host, if they've got any, they're even remotely decent at their job, that's what they're doing. And different people find different pockets where society's interested. And you can have many, many topics that society's interested in and different people do different shows. I struggle with this though, because clearly there are people that are very, very passionate about it, about this this issue. And you've seen that based on obviously the most recent pro-Israel um, event in Washington, DC, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people went. Obviously there are pocket pop-up um, you know, protests or pro Hamas or whatever in cities all across the country. There have been multiple ones here. You saw the thing at the White House. I I, I am in no way doubting that there are uh, a certain percentage of the population that this is not only a huge issue, it is the issue for them. I do wonder, though, Mm -hmm. because so often, unless something directly affects us here or directly affects the person in question, people are often slow to take a sustained interest in it. And I wonder if now that, what are we, three, four weeks removed from this thing, the actual engagement, the terrorist attack in Israel and the the death, has this just become another Middle Eastern conflict that people are largely, okay, it's a news story, I hear about it, I know about it, but I'm not engaged Mm -hmm. in, Mm -hmm. in the thing. You think it becomes white noise? I don't know. I don't know because I struggle because when you see on the news, hundreds of thousands of people go somewhere, you go, okay, there's a big interest. But there's all sorts of TV shows where the the people who watched it just loved it beyond measure, but there wasn't enough people who loved it or watched it to keep it on the air for, you know, the long the long term. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, is this the sort of thing where, hey, the people that go are reflective of a much broader part of the populace or the people who go, just the diehards who who are super passionate about this topic? Well, Senator Chris Coons of Delaware, he championed news of a possible deal to secure the release of hostages held by Hamas ahead of Thanksgiving. He rejected calls for a ceasefire in Gaza. And then the Biden deputy national security advisor, this guy, his name is John Finer. He says that they do not have perfect clarity on how many Americans are are being held hostage in Gaza, nor if they're even alive. 
Are you confident that the majority of the hostages are alive? Hamas has said they are not holding all of them. Other groups are holding those hostages. Do you have any clarity on who is holding what hostages? So this is not something about which we have uh, perfect clarity. Obviously, we are relying on, on others uh, who have been in touch with Hamas. The United States government does not speak uh, directly with them. Uh, but we do believe that a significant number, uh, and, and, and most likely uh, the majority and even the vast majority of hostages, are alive. Uh, we are certainly operating under that assumption, and we are going to work to get as many of them out, uh, certainly including, by the way, uh, a number of Americans uh, who we believe are held hostage as we can. But we do not have perfect clarity. We are not on the ground. We are not in direct contact. Uh, with Hamas, uh, but, but we believe, based on their representations, that there are a significant number of hostages uh, who could be released if this deal is uh, completed. How is, are that, you conf- how is that possible? That they don't know how, how many? How is that possible, given the amount of money we spend on mm-hmm. intelligence every mm-hmm. year in this country, that we don't know, not, what, not even asking what sort of condition they're in, like who's alive and who's not? And you see videos of uh, Israel bombing all the tunnels, Right. Right. You can get that sort of clarity for right. that, but not on people's lives. I just, I simply don't understand how it's possible to not know, given the fact that we are not talking about, man, there was 3,000 people, Americans taken hostage. I, you know, I get it. Hey, in the week, the aftermath of 9-11, you know, for multiple weeks, hey, somebody could be trapped under there. Somebody might have gotten out. It was a pre-cell phone where everybody had a cell phone era. Obviously, there was mass calamity. I understand how for a week you might be unaware of someone's, even up to a week, if someone's alive or not. This is three, four weeks on, mm-hmm. and we're only talking a handful of people at this point. Right. How do we not know? Okay, so he goes on to say that Biden isn't ruling out a call for freezing settlements in the West Bank. John, would the administration go even further and call for freezing settlements in the West Bank? I mean, I'm not going to get ahead of, of uh, policy uh, uh, statements or decisions that have not uh, been made or, or articulated to this point. We are we are quite clear about our concerns. Uh, our concerns are first and foremost related to violence uh, that is being perpetrated. Uh, you know, a, a number of Palestinians in the West Bank who have been killed that is beyond uh, any year uh, since the second intifada. Uh, and we're going to try to take actions uh, aimed at, at reducing that and hopefully eliminating it over time. He says he's not going to rule it out, right? Well, what are they doing? He's not going to make any policy, you know, announcements. Does Biden even have a say in what's going on? Is well, who's, who's focused on this? That's and so it goes back to the polling numbers on Biden, which is I think everybody is pretty aware that Biden is not actually in charge. And when you, you know, it's all fun and games until there's crisis. And when there's crisis, that's when you find out the measure of a leader. And Joe Biden is clearly incapable of being able to negotiate much of anything at this point, much less something this complex, which is why it comes back to, this is why it'll fail. This is why, as long as America remains involved in this process, nothing will get solved because America is stopping or will stop Israel from doing what they need to do, which is just blasting these people back into the sea, reclaiming the territory and say, we're done here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's when this will stop. Until Israel's committed to doing that, uh, trying to allowing these people to have land, allowing them to try to live side by side, it never changes I mean, how long have we been at this now? 
and it never changes. And every time Israel gets on the offensive, Israel starts making gains, Israel starts beating these people into dust, and the U.S. steps in like they're doing now. Oh, we need a ceasefire. Oh, we need to stop this. We need to stop that. We need a humanitarian aid pause. These people mm -hmm. cannot coexist. It's like you're in a marriage where the reason there is a divorce is because people can simply not coexist anymore. And they've made that decision for a bevy of reasons. It would make no sense for our government to say, you people have decided you can't coexist. We're going to force you to coexist. Mm -hmm. No, people part and they go their separate ways. In this case, it's it's over people who just can't, it's not they can't get along, it's they want to kill each other. Right. They want to kill each other. And and so you can't, You somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose and you deal with the winner. Okay, you mentioned polling. So let's go back to Meet the Press and the NBC poll. Among voters 18 to 34, so the youngest set, 70% disapprove of Biden's handling of the Israel-Hamas war. Overall, this is the handling of the Israel-Hamas war. And again, it kind of measures overall up with Biden's foreign policy approval. But look at this. Among the oldest group of voters, 65 plus, there's a majority who approve of how Biden is handling this. That's plus 12. Look at the youngest group of voters. 20 approve, 70 percent disapprove. He is 50 points underwater with the youngest group of voters. That is a 62 point net swing between youngest and oldest on this topic of Israel. Hamas. And it's a critical group of voters that he needs in order to win re-election, that's for sure. Yeah, but the scary part about this is they don't disapprove because he's a old dithering buffoon. Mm -hmm. They disapprove because he's too pro-Israel. Right. They're mad that he is for protecting the Jewish people. And this is the wedge that is coming in to the right. Democrat Party, but it's not just coming in with the younger voters like they mentioned. It's uh, others that are the completely left radicals yeah. as well, like the AOCs and the squad. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Senator Blumenthal, he, this guy's from uh, Connecticut, he responds to Biden's low approval rating among the young voters. Just finally, Senator, I want to ask you a little bit of politics now about our new polling, which shows for the very first time, President Biden is getting beaten by former President Trump within the margin of error. Part of what's dragging down his poll numbers is a lack of support among younger voters for his handling of the Israel-Hamas war. How concerned are you about these numbers and what do you think the president needs to do? Do you think he's still the best candidate for 2024? I think he is the best candidate for 2024. I have confidence that he will overcome those poll numbers. We're a year away. But remember, even more important than the polls are what voters are doing. In the most recent elections in Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, they showed that they prefer the Biden record of accomplishment mm -hmm. over the mega extremism. And here's the important point. In Ohio, mm -hmm. voters said, we reject the effort mm -hmm. to undercut women's health care and reproductive rights. I think we're going to see that issue on the ballot. President Biden has a record of accomplishment on infrastructure, prescription drug prices, a number of other issues that really matter, and maybe most important, where I've been 
championing this cause, women's reproductive rights. Okay, you notice how he just directs that to the talking point that he wants to bring up, something that he wants to talk about? Well, he's also the same guy who lied many, many times about his service in Vietnam. I Mm -hmm. mean, he's essentially a stolen valor guy claiming he was a Vietnam veteran, which he absolutely wasn't. And so that's who you're dealing with. But it's going to be interesting. This election is going to be what's more important to the American people, being able to afford your food or being able to suck the brains out of a defenseless fetus from conception to live birth. It's really going to be an interesting election, Casey, and the results, depending on how they go, uh, maybe should scare the hell out of everyone because the Democrats have telegraphed the playbook. It is 17 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 20 minutes after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Bill Maher hit back at former DNC chair Donna Brazile. Brazil. Brazil. I don't want to mispronounce like her name. The country. Brazil. It's okay. She's not listening. You okay. Can, you well, can she was. It. She was repeatedly mispronouncing Vivek. Vivek's name. Yes. And Ramaswamy. That, yeah, Ramaswamy, and that's when uh, Bill Maher said, um, you know. You need to get that right because yeah. it sounds a bit racist. Well, oh, doing. good. I'm glad he said it because, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, that's a, if yes, that's what she's doing. She didn't deliberately mispronounce Steve Smith's name. I noticed. Mm-mm. No, she said that he needs to shut the hell up and go home. Uh, she was talking about the debate stage being too crowded oh. and how the GOP field is just too large. She wanted to thin the herd just a little bit. Yeah. And she was saying that he needed to go. Well, there's there's nothing there, there's okay. There's nothing racist about saying the field is too big mm-hmm. and Ramaswamy has no chance to win and get out of there. There's nothing racist about that. But if you're like deliberately mispronouncing someone's name or you know trying to uh, demean them because of their you know background, you mean like I mean like Joe Biden did. You know, remember when he said that the Indians own the convenience stores or you know poor kids are just as smart as white kids Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean this is what the Democrats do the Democrats are what they put on other people it happens all the time just listen to what and who they demean and you will see who they really are okay here's the exchange and Vivek needs to just shut the hell up and go home I'm tired of it we all hate Vivek okay it's it's Vivek Vivek. Well, whatever. Not that I have, uh, Vivek. Whatever. Would you, would you say that about uh, other Donna, ethnic? I'm Donna. Vivek. Is it Vivek Ramasama? <laughs> Ramaswamy? Vive- Ramaswamy. Thank you so much. I, I know, learn but, so much when I come on this show. I know. But... Vivek. 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 Vivek needs to go home. I agree. I just, I just feel like there's something wrong with everybody refusing to learn to say his name. Vivek. I just okay, feel I there's will... a little racism there. <laughs> there's just a little... Okay. Vivek, Vivek, I'll say it. Okay, all right. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. It just looks like, I know we don't like him, but, you know, just say his name right. You're well, the first like, one I've ever heard say that. I, I could be wrong. Maybe it's I mean, not Vivek. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> no, it is. It, it is Vivek, because I heard him do a rap, and he said it rhymes with cake. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, but the, the, okay. 
the the part that was her trying to do his last name is what we're talking about here because reasonable people look i have a midwestern dialect doesn't mean i've i've supported him on a whole bunch of his policy positions it doesn't mean that i'm racist against him i've heard three or four or five different ways other people pronounce his name Mm -hmm. i think you can be well-meaning and well-intended and still pronounce someone's name maybe a little different than what it's actually pronounced it doesn't mean you're trying to be a a racist or a bigot or whatever phobe it would be but clearly her with his last name she's not she's interested in demeaning him and she's Mm -hmm. trying to point out that uh, you know his heritage and his background absolutely i she's sitting there on a political talk show she's the former dnc chair she needs to get that right that's intentional i mean it's like again Midwest people, me included, sometimes we put an S at the end of Kroger. You know, I mean, the it's it's not like we're intending to mispronounce it wrong. It's just what we do. It's like Oral or Arn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way you pronounce things. Sometimes it doesn't mean you're trying to be racist against against somebody. But she clearly, with his last name, and then the totally flippant response to it, um, she wasn't interested in pronouncing it properly. Right. Okay. So, but I, but I have heard it. Um, and by the way, I love that Mars going off. He said it rhymes with cake. Um, I have heard newscasters and say Vivek. I've heard I've heard all sorts of different pronunciations on it. So let's not act like again the guy's name is Jerry Jones here. It is a little bit difficult for many people to pronounce, but there's a way to you know respectfully go about it, even if you get it wrong. Mm-hmm. So he was on with CNN. This was last week, and they were asking him the question. Trump made that vermin remark. Yeah. And this is a clip. It's it's been going around for a little bit now, but. Uh, he had a great comeback to the CNN anchor about her question regarding Trump using the word vermin. Let's talk about our dependence on China. Today, we're actually talking about Xi Jinping, picking on Donald Trump's word vermin to talk about that status quo. You know what's vermin? What's running around San Francisco on a given day before Gavin Newsom cleaned it up on a dime to roll out the red carpet for Xi Jinping. If he could do that for Xi Jinping, he could have done it on an ordinary day. And yet we're here sitting talking not about the substance of that, but on one word that Donald Trump said in some speech in Miami. This is what's wrong with the mainstream media. Focus on the substance and let's have an actual policy debate rather than talking to a presidential candidate instead of the policy substance of what's actually going on in the country picking on some word that donald trump said on a certain day and asking me for comment on it give me a break okay so this was last week when he was on fire right and he was just blasting everybody um he seems to have quieted down just a little bit over the past couple days yeah well i mean you run out of steam on this right and by the way the one guy who we can't have a policy debate with is donald trump which mm-hmm. is again another thing that's so weird to me that people are just blindly for trump when he will not tell again i will ask do you know any concrete policy proposals from donald trump and how he intends to do the the concrete policy proposal like i know he says i'll solve russia ukraine in 24 hours mm-hmm. H- how like do you know how he would solve Israel, Palestine, what the plan is? Do you know how he would finish the border wall? Do you know what he intends to do on government spending? I mean, he's already said he's not doing anything with entitlements, so I don't know how you're going to fix government spending. Th- th- that's just ironic that those are the words he used. And I think this is where the vague, mm-hmm. that's what, indeed what we're going to go with today. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll change in a week, but if that's what we're going to go with today. This is where guys like him are also very vague on their policy positions and so the you know what's it, the proof is in the pudding yeah right and, and so 
these people are not having in-depth policy discussions. That's not what campaigning's about anymore. It's reality television, and we're just voting for the reality TV con contestant that we like the best. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's 1032. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And it is time for your voicemails. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number. And uh, we start off, somebody called uh, commenting about how uh, Hogsett won re-election. What? Now, wait a second. Hogsett won? Mm -hmm. You mean after Jefferson Shreve had, had those just brilliant, 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 very highly paid, no doubt, Marion County GOP consultants that told him that people like me and Hammer were just totally outside the mainstream and his signature policy proposal should be to stick a giant middle finger in our faces and the WIBC audience's face and and the signature public safety proposal should be illegal and unconstitutional gun grabs. Are you telling me Casey Jefferson Shreve didn't win? (laughs) I am telling you that. Ah, you knew that. Who would have known? Yeah. Uh. Well, so so somebody called and wants to know if they're just supposed to ignore Indy now or what they should do. Uh, over the past over the past couple of years, we've seen the prosecutor get reelected in Indianapolis. We've seen the mayor get reelected. I don't care if they want to elect Democrats, but can we get some decent Democrats? I'm just to the point that I'm like, I don't live in Indy. I don't necessarily visit Indy anymore. Do I just ignore Indy and write it off? I used to work downtown Indy. I like it or like it, but I don't know anymore. So I don't know if that makes me a horrible person or not. Maybe you can help. (laughs) Well, you know, when we were in that article in the Washington Post, we talked about that with that reporter about... Mm -hmm. It pains somebody like me who spent their whole, literally, I mean, you know, their whole life in central Indiana. Mm-hmm. And you have so many great memories of when you used to be able to come down here, yep. not for work, but as, you know, somebody who just enjoyed the things downtown had to offer. And anymore for me, it's out the door at noon and can't wait till you hit the a 70 exit ramp and get the heck out of this city. I mean, this city is a hellhole and it is not safe and there is all sorts of violence. And I think the biggest concern for a lot of people is it's not not to be when I was a kid, this was a better place, Casey. Mm-hmm. There was clearly all, always violence in the city of Indianapolis of some sort. And there always is going to be in the city the size of Indianapolis. However, they were they being the government was pretty good at saying you the criminals you the evildoers you the bad guys will not invade this multi-mile circumference here that we know is downtown we will protect this we will defend this and you will feel safe in the greater downtown area it is just simply not the case anymore it is a do drop in policy when it comes to violent offenders. Six people were shot in Indy in less than five hours over the weekend. I mean, you're not exaggerating. It's all the time. And if you want to not come down here, you know, he the guy was asking, what does he do? Does he just ignore Indy? Well, you don't work here. But just know what happens here goes the rest of the state because it spreads out that way. It does. But from a standpoint of 
you don't have to engage with this. It is not 1980 anymore where everything happens in the epicenter of the big city. Look at the growth of Fishers and mm-hmm. Carmel and, and Greenwood. Uh, I mean, there's every the, all of these donut counties now have commercial and, you know, commercial hubs. And they have restaurants and they have mm-hmm. bars. And, and shopping. You know, unless you're just an uber young person. I mean, when I was in my 20s, it was you were either downtown or you were in Broad Ripple. Like, that's where all your friends were. That's where the action was. It's where the good looking women were. Now, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's they're everywhere. You know, all those things happen all over the place now. You, people don't need downtown in Indianapolis anymore. And it's a good thing because it sucks. Okay, so uh, Mike Braun has endorsed Donald Trump. And somebody wanted to call and make a comment about that. Yeah, just a question here. Does, did Trump forget or did, is he not aware that one who on January 6th had said that he was going to stand up and uh, make the plea to, to um, do the election investigation? And then when the Yahoos did the riot on the, uh, at the Capitol, he backed out and voted to accept the election as uh, as presented. Uh, to me, that demonstrated pretty strongly that Mike Braun does not have a spine at all. I mean, if the election there's a problem with election before January 6th, there was just as much of a, a problem with election on January 6th. I, Trump would be endorsing him. That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, can you explain that to us, please? Hmm. Well, good luck trying to make sense of any of Trump's endorsements. It's generally just who said the most nice things about him and who he's told is most likely to win. However, this would be my question to the Mike Braun supporter. And we asked this about Mike Pence, and so I'll ask it about Mike Braun. What is the signature Mike Braun accomplishment? Like he... He's been in politics. Now, he's not an outsider. Mike Braun does not get to use I'm an outsider. He doesn't get to act like he's, uh, you know, irate at the system. He's been a he was a state rep. Well, he was a school board member originally. Mm -hmm. And then he was a state rep and he was a U.S. senator. What is the signature Mike Braun accomplishment that you look at and go, he was so great at this, he would be an awesome governor. And I would love for somebody to call our hotline at 317-684-8444. I'm not asking to be facetious. I'm not asking to be flippant. I'm asking, what is the signature thing that Mike Braun has done that you say, oh my gosh, thank God, thank God Mike Braun was there. Our our society is so much better. The only thing I know Mike Braun did was vote for all of those tax increases. His final year in the Indiana General Assembly was next to last year in 2017, including the largest tax increase in state history. So other than that, what, what is the thing that Mike Braun has been able to accomplish as a state rep or a, or a U.S. senator? Well, he was asking, did Trump forget about all that? Why did he endorse him? Well, because they're endorsing each other. Yes. It's, you know, one hand washes the Trump, other, right? Trump has, the, Trump has endorsed so many people that it's meaningless. Now, not meaningless in the sense there's probably people who will still vote based on what Trump does or, or, or says. But he's, like, when you're endorsing... Jim Banks in an uncontested U.S. House race or Greg Pence and then claiming some sort of... What does that mean? That doesn't do anything for anyone. It's not like you carry them. He's endorsed so many people that it's just... it's a. I mean, he endorsed Dr. Oz. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it doesn't mean that much anymore. Okay, so uh, somebody called about NDOT making an announcement that annual registration fees are going up. Oh, boy. So 
I saw a story on Fox 59 the other day, uh, a couple of days ago, I think it was, about how Indiana is raising the uh, fees on registrations for electric vehicles, and I believe they also said uh, gas vehicles also, because they aren't getting enough revenue from the gas tax. Just thought you all like to know. Okay, so this is for electric and hybrid vehicles. Well, so this is the big, the argument with the Indiana General Assembly, the Republicans, let's call it what it is, when we talk about the Indiana General Assembly, we're talking about the Republicans, because they have super majorities in the House and Senate. Their argument is never how to make the government better. It's always how can we squeeze more revenue out of the people. And one of the things they have recognized is, oops, well, we had you with the gas tax because you can't opt out of the gas tax. However, thanks to people like Biden now, more people are being incentivized by the government to drive electric vehicles. Well, we got to figure out a way to get those people. And that's what they do. Make no mistake. The Republican Party in Indiana is out to get you. It's why the taxes they target are the two things you can't opt out of, which is driving and living in your home. They're predators. The Republicans are financial predators in, ter- in this state in terms of taking as much of your money as they possibly can, which is why they hit you in the areas you can't opt out of. And so what this guy's talking about is, well, we can't hit you with the gas tax because you guys found a loophole with that one. So now we're going to hit you specifically with this special fee Mm -hmm. because you don't have to buy gasoline. Okay, so the yearly registration fee for EVs is going to increase from $150 $150 to $221. That starts in January. For, but, but this would be the question. For what, mm-hmm. Casey? What better government service are you getting? And and you've got Holcomb, who he's all in on the green stuff. So on one hand, you got him promoting the green stuff. He's all down to clown with that. But then he punishes people for doing the very thing that he and his little toady lackeys want people to do. They say this is for the Community Crossings Fund because <laughs> if they rely 100% on gasoline use tax and sales taxes, it's not sustainable. For hybrid vehicles, the number's going to jump from $50 to 74 per year. Okay, one last phone call. Rob called me an old lady last Last week or two weeks ago while I was out one day. Well, Casey, not only are you older, wiser, and more experienced than Rob, you're better looking. Uh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> better looking. See ya. I like that call. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> I'm Rob Kendall, and I endorse that statement. All right, Hammer's going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio. So uh, this break with the Kendall and Casey show may be uh, one third of your entire working day today. (laughs) So we have a very, very, very short show this afternoon Mm -hmm. because IU basketball, the third place game is on the line here as they take on the fighting Cardinals of Louisville. Oh. Pre-game starts at 3.30. Mm-hmm. So our show is 3.05 until 3.30 this <laughs> afternoon. And listen, it's kind of like what I told Crystal the day we got married. 
For the first 30 minutes, this thing's going to be fantastic. Yeah. After that, I can't guarantee anything. Yeah. So, uh, I watched. I was working yesterday, so watching uh, the Bears give away another easily. <laughs> did I not text you on the uh, the Bears were winning by two scores, and did I not text you with four minutes to go? It would be a very Bears thing of the Bears to lose this game. You did, but you also text a lot of things. Like at one point, I got a text, I think it was in the second quarter of the Arizona-Houston game. Mm-hmm. Which one of you jokers told me to bet the under on Houston and Arizona? <laughs> and I responded, it's me, don't be a little witch. Mm-hmm. Something Except you didn't use that. the word witch. Something that rhymes with it. Sure. And what happened in that game, Rob? They did. The defenses did step up, and uh, they did. The under did, did hit. Uh, did I get a thank you? No. You already no. told me don't give you a thank you or anything. Well, right, but you violated that when you started giving me crap. I Those are asked, the rules. I said, hey, I don't need a thank you, but I don't want to hear crap either. Well, I just couldn't remember which one of the person gave me the bad bet. Scott- oh, yeah. How often does Nigel give you bets? <laughs> you knew exactly who it was. You were being a little whiny witch, and I called you, and you still won. You're well, welcome. That was generally directed, though, at Scott Long, because, uh, look, uh, he gave me the uh, under in the uh, or the over the over, yes, in the uh, Brown Steelers game, and that killed my parlay. So I thought you both were going to kill it, but ultimately he killed it. So but Scott, I won both you did. of my look, legs. Look, and we give you a whole segment here to come on and talk about how great your betting <laughs> prowess is. What else do you want from me? And by the way, there was somebody that left a, uh, a comment <laughs> on the uh, Hammer and Nigel Facebook page because each week I put the bets out yeah. there. Now, again, I am not a professional handicapper. Right. I'm just a degenerate that does his homework. Yep. Mm-hmm. But look, I'll put my record up against any of these terms you see on television yeah, right now sure. from Stanford Steve to anybody they've got the bear on television my record is better than theirs yeah. and this one clown leaves a comment that says I think it's disgusting you're betting with other people's money <laughs> Which, first of all, I don't even know what that means because there's no sponsor to what we do. I do this anyway, so Uh I figured I'd just put it out there. I have my friends do the same thing with it. One of them is a pro. And and then on the second ad, you came to the Hammer and Nigel show page, Mm -hmm. and you're upset that there's gambling going on. (laughs) Why do you find out about Beer Sample Friday? Uh, Who's going to tell them about Moonshine Monday? I was coming full circle on this, though, because while I was watching the Bears give that game away... um, I was watching IU as well. They got some work to do. Was, yeah. Uh, this IU up? basketball team? Yeah. it's uh, Well, the football team has some work to do. <laughs> I hear tickets may be available for the bucket game this Saturday between, I think it's a three or four win Indiana yeah. taking on similar Purdue. Is it at Purdue? I don't know. Uh, have to ask John Herrick. John yeah. Herrick is Mr. Uh, have you ever IU been to a, Have you ever been to a bucket game? I have not. Should... I've been to games at Purdue, and I've been to games at Indiana. Oh, here comes never... John. Yeah. That's got to be a Purdue, doesn't it? It is at Purdue. It at is Purdue. at Purdue. Purdue. Thank you. Because okay. uh, I was going to say, if it's John Herrick, IU... faster than the internet, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, that's why he's upper management now. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I was going to say, if it was at IU, we should go to the game, because that's party central. Purdue, probably not much great partying going on. But the thing is, like, and this is what I hate about what they call rivalry week in college yeah. football like a lot of these schools have taken the break for thanksgiving mm-hmm. so the crowds really aren't that rocking unless you have like a michigan ohio state then it doesn't matter but a lot of these rivalry games the students are gone yeah you know they don't get back until mm-hmm. you know the next week yeah so it kind of is a dud so next year it will be at iu 
Okay. And so next year, because are we going to do uh, are we going to do tournament thing this year where we're going to go to the casino on the tournament yes. day? Yes. Unless Holcomb shuts the state down again. <laughs> it is an election year, so <laughs> there could be a mysterious virus. Uh, so we're going to do that for a tournament next year. I think we should go you and me to the bucket game and just mm-hmm. see how much we can drink before the gates open. And like, let's buy the cheapest seats we can find, like at the very top, <laughs> and see how long it can take us to get all the way down to the front row, because I really don't think it would be that long. <laughs> like, who's cr- going to be the usher that says, uh, no, you two paying customers, you have to sit up here while these 85 rows of empty bleachers <laughs> remain unoccupied. <laughs> Uh, the NFL is boring, by the way, this year. I'm sorry. Now, just... tonight, we have the opportunity to have a very good matchup. A Super Bowl run back, yeah. basically. The Eagles. The Eagles. The Eagles, <laughs> as Fetterman would say. Uh, mm-hmm. But you're right. There's a lot of boring games. Like, that afternoon slate oh, yesterday yeah. was a turd. And it's here's the problem. It's costing me money because I have to bet on these games to have an interest in them. Mm-hmm. And the games where you and Scott pick them and I bet on those, I generally do okay. But then I'm just free wheeling at stuff and and to make like that Jets Bills game you got to do a parlay to try to keep your interest and that's never going to hit so it's costing me money because the NFL is so boring this year I had a good day on Sunday and then like that Sunday night game was available and you and I were both like well I guess we better bet on it (laughs) make it worth watching how how about the Broncos they make that immaculate so the spread is two and a half they make that immaculate catch at the end to take the lead they're gonna go for two because there's like whatever a minute and a half to go in the game they gotta make a three-point lead they call a timeout and they run some junior football play bullcrap that looks like it was drawn up on a napkin or something. <laughs> what the hell was that? Sean Payton's wholly unlikable. Oh, he isn't is, he? isn't he? Like, oh, he's awful. Like, I know Bill Belichick is the poster boy of unlikable NFL coaches. Uh, now that uh, the numbnuts in Las Vegas got fired. Yeah. Uh, McDaniels. McDaniels. Yeah. Now that he's gone, I think the number two seed might be old Lee Harvey Oswald's <laughs> Sean Payton, <laughs> which if you put a side-by-side of those two together, I'm telling you they're the same guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never thought about that until Oh, Lee Harvey. Yeah, tonight's game might be all right though. You got the you got the Eagles mm-hmm. and the and the Chiefs. Are we going under tonight? Primetime unders in the NFL have been a machine. And tonight, and I haven't seen the line for today. I got this locked in at 45. I went under 45 a couple days ago. But by the time that game kicks off tonight, we're expecting rain, 60 to 70% chance precipitation, temperature in the 40s. That feels like a recipe for some unders. I think I'm in. I think I'm in on this, on the under tonight. I mean, there are playmakers on each side. I get that. Because 45 seems low, doesn't it? I mean, but the primetime games, for whatever reason, it's unders. And usually when good teams play each other, very rarely is it a shootout, right? Because that's 21-24 would get you a push if if you went with 45. So I'm going under. All right. So I know you guys are going to talk about this in your abbreviated show tonight. Uh, but the homicide, I mean, another weekend of violence in the city. And we're, what are we, nearing the 200 mark? Are we over the 200 we mark now? We are officially at over 200 homicides right now. I don't know if it's over, but I know we reached 200 yesterday. Mm-hmm. So keep this in mind for the time that Joe Hawks has been the mayor. Look at all of the numbers of 200 homicides. Now, look at a city like Boston. Look at what Boston's homicide rates are. It's under 100. And it's bigger than Indianapolis. Yeah. And 
you can't say it's because of, well, you know, it's a safer place to live. There are some lunatics on the East Coast, right? There's some organized crime happening on what? the East Coast. No way. And the thing that kills me is Boss Hogsett's administration always tries to tell you, well, there's there's a big population boom in mm-hmm. Indianapolis. <laughs> really? So that's your excuse. And his way of fixing the homicide problem was putting putting greens on Monument Circle so people couldn't get shot on Monument Circle. We are making downtown safe again. And before anybody posts on your YouTube chat or sends messages, you know, Hammer's ripping on Hogsett, but he was the one that was ripping on Jefferson Shreve during the election. Yeah, because they're the same guy. And Shreve would have done the exact same thing. There was no legitimate plan to be honest and fix crime in downtown Indianapolis in this past election. Casey, you live here. Are you not seriously thinking about moving out of Indianapolis now that you know you'll have four more years of this? I am seriously thinking about that. When it gets to the point when, you know, we're thinking, oh, man, it's uh, I'm getting hungry. Let's go grab something to eat. No, sun went down. It's dark out. We can't yeah. leave the house. I mean, that's not sustainable. You yeah. can't do that. And it's not just us saying that, because I know, like, the trolls on social media, WIBC, they're scared to be downtown, rabble, rabble. Whoever runs the Barstool Indie Twitter account had that fantastic meme where it simply said, me trying to enjoy a safe evening downtown, Mm -hmm. and then you see wrestler uh, Seth Rollins come by. No, no, no. (laughs) I don't think so, pal. Not today. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so before we leave, I I have this up at Rob M. Kendall, and I sent it to you, uh, and I'm just hitting you with this, Casey. So there is a video out of, it is from a Philadelphia Flyers game, and there is a mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't even know. Gritty. Gritty, is that his name? I don't even know what you'd call him. He's a very weird-looking. Just a big orange thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a, like, you know, intermission, like those events, they do an intermission to keep people in tune. And he put a grabbed a little kid, looked like he was like eight or nine years old, mm-hmm. put the kid in goal and said the sign said, one shot. If you stop it, you get a free hockey stick. If I get it past you, what does it say? Like, I get with your mom. I get to date your mom. Yeah, I get to date, date your, mom. With your mom. And so this grown ass adult who's playing this this the this, mascot. this mascot Gritty. like does the uh flying v from the mighty ducks and just jams it past this little kid he does skates over to the mom uh-huh. and i think the worst part for me is the mom is applauding that her kid just got schooled by a grown-ass adult and is totally smitten with this mascot mm-hmm to me, while that is a little <laughs> you know unsettling <laughs> The pelvic thrust from Gritty. Yes. As he walks over and well, looks at mom. Well, the mom's blowing him kisses. Right. And then seeing a mascot doing a pelvic thrust to your mom, mm-hmm. there's just something about that that's a little unnatural. No sympathy for her kid who just got schooled either by a grown man. Mom likes winners. <laughs> hey, what's coming up in the seven minutes She's you're working today? Maybe the kid let him score. Maybe he wants Gritty to be the stepdad mm-hmm. now. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't have a dad growing up. Imagine having Gritty as a dad. Hey, this afternoon, get ready, Bal. 30 minutes of Marconi yeah. award-winning radio. Are you ready? Let's go! Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.